Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have Matthew Fox here with me today. He's written a fabulous book. It's called Essential Writings on Creation Spirituality. This is what it looks like if you're watching me on YouTube today. And Matthew, I want to welcome you to High Road to Humanity. Thank you, Nancy. It's good to be with you. And I like very much your, your vision and your talking of the common good and of going beyond uh, the ego and all that and our connecting with one another. So it's needed today for Thank sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, just so you guys know who Matthew is, he's a spiritual theologian. He's an Episcopal priest, an activist for gender, racial, and eco-justice. He's written more than 39 books He's that, that have been translated into over 60 languages. He's the founder of the University of Creation Spirituality in California and the Cosmic Mass. He conducts dozens of workshops each year, and he is a visiting scholar at the Academy for the Love of Learning. I like that. He's the recipient. He's a recipient of many awards, and uh, we're just so glad he's here today to share um, information with us because this is a time where we really need it. Now, before we get into it, I did um, receive a short message from Gabriel, but an important one. Um, so I channeled this this morning. So sit back and relax, and here's what he has to say. Ask him if he had a message, and he said yes. Nancy, tell the people of the planet to not fear the scenes that are broadcast to them. Some of this is not truth. Only down the road will they see the real truth of what's going on in the world. As humanity grows, you will begin to see the truth as, as it is and has been in front of you for many years. Your time of love and light will happen on the earth plane as we all evolve to a new vibration of love. Please do not fear these times as they are to be looked forward to easier times, lighter times, loving times on your planet, Gabriel. And so that's what he has to say. And it always boils down to love, you guys. It really does. It boils down to the love vibration. Now, Matthew, I'm so glad you're here today to talk about these things because we really got to get back to basics. And um, I just want you to tell the audience your story. You became a priest. What Did you always want to be a priest or, or talk to me? Did you grow up in a religious family or how did this come about? Well, I was one of seven children and uh, we were Roman Catholic and, um, but we weren't excessively. So uh, I went to public high school. My closest friends were Jewish or agnostic or Protestant. And I'd have, we'd have wonderful philosophical debates about life and God and all that. And I'd go back to my parish priest, who was a Dominican, um, and he would feed me uh, books to read like uh, G.K. Chesterton and Thomas Aquinas and so forth. And so there was this intellectual dimension to faith that I liked a lot. So make long story short. Well, I read Tolstoy's War and Peace when I was a junior in high school, between junior and senior year in the summer. And I told the fan, it blew my soul wide open. And I wanted to explore what happened to me. 
Of course, today I have words for that. That was a mystical experience, but I didn't know about that. All I knew was it blew me so wide open. So I wanted to explore that. And that's basic to my wanting to, uh, to my, I took a retreat then my senior year of high school with the Dominicans in um, Dubuque, Iowa, actually, where they were headquartered. And uh, I was impressed. I was impressed with the aesthetic of the chanting of the, of the Psalms every day in Latin at that time. And then with the intellectual life, which interested me, but also the community life. I, mean, I was from a big family and I figured a big crowd of people on the same path can be fun. And yeah. um, so I gave the Dominicans a, a try and I, I loved it. I loved the training and the fraternity and the community and the, the study and the, and the spiritual practices, a lot of meditation and chanting and, um, um, a lot of good practices. And then, um, so I was trained as a Dominican and, um, my, after about 12 years in the order, I said to my superiors in our theology school, Hey, my generation is going to be less interested in religion and more interested in spirituality. This was about 1963. <clears throat> and I said, but you don't have anyone teaching spirituality. So send someone on to get a doctorate in spirituality, and I'm glad to volunteer. And they came back to me a year or two later and said, hey, good news. You can go to Europe and get a doctorate in spirituality. Great. So where do I go? They said, go to Spain. Spain, I said, we don't need more 16th century Spanish spirituality. Well, they said, go to Rome. I said, Rome for spirituality? Are you kidding me? Uh, no. <laughs> well, wise guy, they said, where should you go? I don't know. I just know where I shouldn't go. Let me write Thomas Merton. Thomas Merton was a Catholic monk who was very um, broadly read in, in, at that time. And so I wrote him and I got a letter back in four days saying, go to Paris, go to the Institut Catholique of Paris. So, but great. Here's the answer. I said, I go to Paris. Oh, no, you don't. They said, we never sent anyone to France who came home again. They said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> they all say. Battle. Uh, for three days, uh, no, three, three months, I think it was, uh, hitting him over the head with Merton's letter, go to Paris. Finally, they relented, and I was allowed to go to Paris. And um, uh, and I met my mentor, Père Chenou, a wonderful 75-year-old French Dominican, who named the creation spiritual tradition for me. It was a real important moment in my life. And uh, after three years, I came back and uh, started writing and teaching and all this. And I got in a little trouble with the Vatican, especially with my book, Original Blessing. Uh, they were freaked out by that. They took the roof of the Vatican off. <laughs> they, Why were they so freaked out, Matthew? Well, I learned they're very committed at that Vatican. This is not Pope Francis' Vatican, it's the previous two popes. Right. Uh, Original sin, they're really committed to original sin. Even though Jesus never heard of original sin, he was a Jew. No Jews heard of original sin. The idea was what came forth in the fourth century, the same century that the church took over the empire. Okay. It came from St. Augustine. Jesus never heard of it. So what a detour the church took, putting that forward instead of original blessing, which is what Read Genesis 1. There's not a word about sin and evil. It's all about the goodness of creation. Everything, effort, but light is good. The earth is good. The plants and animals are good. And humans come on board, and it says now the whole picture is very good. And that word, good, can also be translated as beautiful. Very beautiful. Well, yeah, I wrote down here in my notes. Yeah, you said um, everyone is born a blessing. And what they were teaching is that we were all born sinners. Well, that's 
what I was objecting to. Yay. Not just humans that are born good. The whole damn universe, 13.8 billion years, is very good. It's beautiful. It's a blessing. And look what we're doing now with our intelligence. We just sent out the Webb telescope, which is going to pick up light, the first light of the universe. I remember, you know, when we hear light, let there be light and all this light is good. We think the sun, we think sunlight. No, this is billions of years before the sun ever came on board, right? And this, And even in the... In Genesis 1, it doesn't say the sun comes after, let there be light. So there's light that's older than the sun, and that's what we're going to be picking up. I mean, what could be more exciting and awesome than that? So, um, but, you know, obviously there's evil in the world, and humans are are the problem. Uh, But I love what Rabbi uh, um, uh, Schachner says. He says, um, there's more good than evil in the world but not by much. <laughs> so it is a struggle. It is a battle. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in it today. We're in it with the climate change. I mean, we are facing our extinction. Let's not cover that up and go into denial. We're facing our extinction. We have seven years left, according to science and the United Nations, to turn things around. I mean, already the sea is rising. Check out Miami. Check out New Orleans. And check out these islands where people have to flee because uh, they no longer have fresh water because seawater is swamping the, the fresh water. So um, this Hold is real. Hold on, I'm gonna stop you a second. I just wanna ask a question. You know, I understand how you feel about climate change, but what I'm really um, thinking is that as we ascend as a people and as our vibration, you know, um, raises and as more people become kinder and more compassionate and loving that a lot of these things with mother earth and all of that will settle down because to me, and I just will throw this out there. It's a lot of this negative energy that has caused a lot of these issues because everything's energetic. We're energetic. The world is energetic. And don't you think that all this, um, bad energy has created a lot of this. And maybe as we ascend and wake up, it will make a difference. What do you think, Matthew? Well, of course, that's what we all hope for. Um, But part of waking up is waking up to the shadow that is in all of us and that um, follows us (laughs) as a species, as certainly in human history and all this empire building. and, And even when religion goes bad and so forth, there's shadow. And um, in fact, there's a great saying among the medievals, corruptio optimi est pessima, corruption of the best is the worst. And of course, today we're facing the corruption of democracies uh, and, um, and the rise of authoritarianism and so forth. So, you know, we can't run from that, but absolutely the, the solution is what you're talking about. We have to go deeper into that, which is beautiful and good and sacred. Right. And so- Now, I'm wondering, I I feel like, and I've had a lot of people on the show, I want to get your feeling on this, you know, COVID has actually been a blessing in a lot of reasons, uh, in a lot of ways, because people have had to go within. And it's really about going within, like you were talking about, we all have a dark side, we have a light side, but when you go within, and you work on yourself, because we all have to go in and work on each of us individually, each soul. And as we do that, I think the COVID kind of made us stay home and think about what was really important. How do you feel about that? Oh, I agree that there is a silver lining in, um, in all struggle and all darkness. 
and that this is one of the silver linings in COVID. I think another is that a lot of people became very uh, courageous. I think of the frontline workers, the in hospitals and so forth, and very generous. I mean, the hours that nurses never put in through those worst of, of um, pandemic moments um, is, is very moving, really, and not just hospital workers, but the grocery shelf people and, and everybody, you know, who, who we call essential workers, you know. So, um, and again, part of that is courage itself. And um, just like we're seeing in Ukraine here, the whole country yeah. is, is yeah. showing that ordinary people can be very courageous and generous. And um, uh, that's something that, you know, we don't get a lot of in our culture. You know, I, I don't know of colleges that have courses in Courage 101 and Courage 303 or anything like that, but they should because without courage, there's no spirituality. There's no inner strength. I mean, look at the people we admire, whether it's Jesus or Buddha right. or Black Elk or um, uh, uh, Khan Gandhi or Dr. King or Dorothy Day. Part of their gift is their courage. And remember, the word courage is two French words, cur, large, a big heart. So when you talk about it, so true. How do we grow our hearts? There you go. So we become generous and we become courageous and we, we work together and work over our differences, you know. Yeah. Hey, we got to go to commercial break, you guys. I'm here today with Matthew Fox. His book is Essential Writings on Creation Spirituality. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity, and we will be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. 
Now welcome back to the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout, and this is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with Matthew Fox. His book is Essential Writings on Creation and Spirituality. And we're talking about, gosh, all of it. We're talking about religion. We're talking about the heart and love and how we all raise our vibration. You know, you've done a lot of work, Matthew, over the years. I want you to talk about this. You know, you established like your own university. Talk about this. Tell the audience. Well, very early in my teaching spirituality, I realized that you can't really teach spirituality in a European model of education. Why not? Because it's all oriented toward the rational, toward the left hemisphere of the brain. And um, uh, even Einstein saw that. Einstein said, quote, I abhor American education, unquote. Why did he say that? Because he said, we're, we're so oriented towards the rational. But the intuitive brain, he says, we have these two wonderful brains, rational and intuitive. And I would call the intuitive the mystical brain also. Um, but he said, <clears throat> values come from the intuitive brain, not from the rational brain. But our whole academia is set up around the rational brain. So what that means is we're not teaching values. And, and I realized that when I was in my young 30s. So I designed a program where we had both brains humming, <laughs> the left brain of the intellectual, the seminars, the reading and the writing, but the right brain, what I, what I call was art as meditation. So I hired dancers. I hired clay people to teach clay as meditation, dance as meditation, um, painting as meditation, and drumming as meditation, all this. And, and it really works to have the ref, left and right brain humming like that together. So I... Um, we had these very successful programs, first in Chicago at Mundelein College, and then uh, we moved to Oakland here in Oak, California, and we had it there until the, the Vatican shut it down after 12 years. But, but it took them 12 years to shut us down because I had a good, strong, the president of the, of the college, William's College, was um, Celtic. And she was a strong woman, a sister, a Catholic sister, and she stood side by side with me. And uh, it took them 12 years to shut us down. So then I started my own university, the University of Grace Spiritual in downtown Oakland. And we flourished for nine wonderful years. And um, I just saw so many uh, conversions of people. I mean, they just came so alive because both brains were working. I'll just give you one example. <clears throat> um, a man came in the program who had been teaching engineering for 28 years in University of Colorado. And when, the day he came in, he said to me, I'm burned out. I'm burned out by academia. I'm burned out by engineering. I don't know what's next. Two weeks in the program, he said, I got my soul back. No, just that sentence is important, isn't it? Oh, academia is taking our soul. Our work sucks our soul from us sometimes. I got my soul back. He went back to Boulder. He started Engineers Without Borders. It now has 18,000 members who do all these wonderful things. With putting solar generated irrigation systems in Afghanistan, Haiti, working with people in the Amazon and Africa. I mean, just wonderful work. And he told me two years ago, it's all because of your program that, that what he picked up there from Christ spirituality and so forth. So I know that it's so important to balance. And it's about the masculine and feminine too, because when education is all about knowledge, that's one thing, but I'm interested in wisdom, and so are you. And wisdom is feminine all over the world. You know, uh, in the Bible, chokmah is feminine. That's the Hebrew word for 
for wisdom. Sophia, the Greek word is feminine. Over my right shoulder here is Kuan Yin. She's, she's uh, wisdom in the East. So um, to banish the feminine is to banish wisdom. And what we have are knowledge factories. We don't have wisdom schools. That's what we need to survive. Right. Now, I was going to ask you about that because I have written it down. I feel like now I'm getting a little deep here, but I feel like this has been done intentionally that they removed the feminine, brought in more of the masculine instead of us having the balance. And, and I don't want to get into a whole craziness here, but that's what this is about. And we're coming back into balance where the feminine will come in and we will have the balance that we're supposed to have. And I believe we had it at one time and then we lost it and now it's coming back. Do you think that too? Definitely. And um, I think it's especially the, um, the patriarchal consciousness that kind of took over at the end of the 15th century, after the pandemic of the 15th century. This woman over my shoulder here is Julian of Norway. She lived through the entire pandemic, bubonic plague of the 15th century. She was seven when it hit the first time, but it got coming back in waves. Right. And, um, and people went crazy like they're doing today. Um, for example, men thought, oh, remember, they had no science. They had no hope of vaccines. They didn't know what, what it came from. So the men thought it was from their sins. <laughs> and so they went around flagellating themselves, thinking this would get rid of the plague. And this became so popular, the Pope had to intervene and say, chill, you know, this is not going to make the plague go away. So they were going on these crazy rabbit holes. There was anti-Semitism that rose up. They blamed it on the Jews, of course. And then others blamed on the heretics, of course, scapegoating. And that's going on today, too, the scapegoat. Oh, it's the Chinese did this to us. It's this it to us. You know, so, so Julian kept grounded in the sacredness of creation. This is creation spirituality. She says, God is a goodness in nature. Remember, we started with that word, goodness, original blessing. Blessing is a word for goodness. And uh, she just stuck through that. She was the first woman to write a book in English. And uh, a great mystic, but you know, her book wasn't published for 300 years because, just like you say, uh, yeah. patriarchy had banished the feminine and, and is still trying to do it, but, um, but it's coming back for sure. Uh, the strength of the women's movement, but also men are opening up to the to a yearning for a balance again and finding the feminine inside. You know, Adrian Rich, the wonderful feminist poet, says. Uh, patriarchy teaches fatalistic self-hatred, fatalistic self-hatred. And to me, that's a very powerful phrase. And yeah, that's what original sin is about, you know, that you start hating yourself. And that's not what life is about. We are here to love ourselves and others, as Jesus said, love others as you love yourself. Hey, if you hate yourself, you're not going to be a very good neighbor. You're not going to be very good at loving yeah. others. Yeah. And you know, we've got to clean that up, you know, and get in touch. And that's where I think science helps so much today. This new creation story, 13.8 billion years brought the earth here, brought us here. I mean, we've been loved. That's what Julian Norris, the great mystic says, we've been loved from before the beginning. Yeah, this is like a conspiracy of love that the universe took all these turns, subtle ones over the 13.8 billion years, and here we are to talk about it and to praise it and to celebrate. Why the hell aren't we doing that instead of fighting wars? 
exactly, exactly. You and I are on the same page. I agree. I believe that there was some intervention to manipulate humanity. And that's where the male came in stronger than the female. And I am glad it's going back to balance. And, um, and I see that. I see people starting to realize, don't you, what's important? And that one thing I want to say, Matthew, what I'd like to see taught in our schools, in our elementary schools, is how to connect with, and you can call them God, you can say creator, you can say source, everybody has their own word, but there's a higher vibration. And when we meditate and we take a few minutes, and I'm sure you can attest to this, and you connect with that, that's what brings you fulfillment on the inside. It's not all the stuff that we buy on the outside. And so if we could teach our kids in when they're young to connect with that energy, that to me will bring peace and balance. I want to know what you think. Well, absolutely. I think you see what meditation does. And as you say, there's so many varieties of it. We have a smorgasbord today, a banquet, because all the religions are rubbing elbows together. It's a great moment in history in that regard. What meditation does is calm the reptilian brain. And I know that because reptiles, you know, they aren't real good at bonding, but they're great at lying alone in the sun. They're great at solitude. And that's what meditation is about. It gets to your place of stillness, you know, and emptiness, out of which the, the uh, mindfulness can happen. But there has to be that emptiness. And, and there are just so many evidences of this. All human tribes, uh, when they were healthy, have had ways to instruct not just the children, but then the adults as well, into finding this inner peace and inner calm. And out of that, we, we need to operate. Here's just one little story. In San Francisco recently, you know, the schools are in such disarray that they hired a yoga teacher in a public school system to teach yoga. And they interviewed this one a fifth grader. And they said, what, what's yoga like for you in school? He says, well, he says, I, he said, I, I come to school grumpy and yoga makes me non-grumpy, not grumpy. So I think that's a pretty good endorsement of yoga and, and of, of the human condition. What can make us non-grumpy? Let's try it, you know, because plenty of us are far too grumpy. I agree. Hey, we got to go to commercial break. You guys, I'm here today with Matthew Fox. His book is Essential Writings on Creation Spirituality. This is Nancy Earle. This is High Road to Humanity, and we'll be right back. Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com 
or message me on Instagram through the handle Sparking Wholeness. And now let's get back to the show. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here with a wonderful fellow. Matthew Fox is here, and we're talking about God. We're talking about what's happening with humanity right now. And I asked Matthew on the break, so I'm going to ask him on the show. You know, my big thing is connecting with God. I um, get up every morning, say a prayer. I journal. I get all my frustrations out, like, hey, God, help me out with this. And can you can you show me this? And, and what do you think about this? And I have this relationship with the divine. And then I bring in the light and connect. But the thing is, it's not a popular thing to do, Matthew, is to say I connect with God every day. And why is that, you think? Well, I think the word God... Uh, carries a lot of baggage with it. Uh, it's been abused. Um, we have, for example, we've stopped, we've stamped God's name on every coin and dollar bill, and I presume on every MX missile too, and God we trust, you know. Uh, previously, we, we used to be more reverential about the word. In the Jewish tradition, you're not even allowed to write the word or, in, in, or to speak it very often. You know, you have kind of these um, side words. But another reason is that we, we've been talking about patriarchy and we, that, the human condition, we project it onto God. More humans think of God in human image than us in the divine image. Um, and we don't, and that's where stillness and meditation, what's called the apophatic divinity is so important. The apophatic divinity, as Eckhart says, um, uh, God is super essential darkness who has no name and will never be given a name. That's the God of darkness, the apophatic divinity. And Aquinas says, we do not know who God is. We only know what God is not. So we have to get back to this mystery dimension of divinity. because, And we can't be overusing the word God. Now, I wrote a whole book on this recently called um, Naming the Unnameable, 89 Beautiful and Useful Names for God. So um, the mystics give us permission to come up with new names for God. And like you've mentioned, the word spirit and the word divinity and the word um, creator and, and so forth. And also wisdom is a name for God and justice and compassion are names for God. But science is giving us new names as well, like flow and energy. And I notice energy is important in your vocabulary too. Um, so I have 89 names like this taken from science. One scientist, a physicist said, God is the, um, the mind of the universe. Yeah. And he said, now he said, mystics have always said this, but now that I'm a scientist, people are going to start listening. <laughs> because <laughs> people today are more interested in listening to scientists than theologians. <laughs> I, don't, I get bored with theologians too. That's right. I, I don't want to interrupt you, but don't you feel like it's the vibration? It really is. I mean, I have to get down to the nitty gritty here. It's that love vibration. It's that connection. It's the connection with our creator. That's what this is. I feel like, and I'll just talk, this is just me talking. I, I feel like my connection with the creator has made me so much more joyful, so much more balanced. And so you can call it whatever you want, but it's that energetic connection. It's that vibration that you bring within 
your heart and soul, because there is a piece of God in all of us. Well, absolutely. In fact, these great mystics, Aquinas said, God became a human being in order that human beings might become God. And Hildegard of Bingen said that we call every we call all the light sunlight. So she said, um, but there's only one sun. So we are these the radiance of God. There's one God, but we're all these pieces of God that we call like there are pieces of the sun we call. Oh, the sun is coming in. Uh, so we say God is coming in. But, you know, this word vibration that you use a lot. I'd like to just dwell on that a bit because it's very important. Now, I associate with the first chakra. The first chakra is all about vibration. And it links us to our the knee, sub-chakra, and the foot. So one way to bring God in is the indigenous way of praying by dancing. Oh. With your knees bent, you see, and connecting to the Mother Earth and Father Sky. Because you roll your shoulders just slightly, but you connect. So, so we're bringing together the divinity that is present in the whole universe, as the Bible says, that the whole world is filled with God's glory and ducks are glory. So um, I think that the, the, the first chakra is, is where our tailbone is, which actually medicine calls sacrum, the holy bone. And I think that's why animals, my dog's right here, they're so advanced, I think, because they have tails and we don't. See, so the tail has more, picks up more vibration than we do. And yeah. we don't know that every atom in the universe is vibrating. Yes. So, so this connecting to divinity is connecting to the whole, to the cosmos. And that's where these stories from science say about the cosmos. It's two trillion galaxies big, each with hundreds of billions of stars. I mean, it's just awesome. I mean, beyond awesome. And um, that's where the real charge, electric charge, I think, of a new mystical awareness, you've been talking about this in your own language, about a new consciousness, is, go is going to be feeding us, I think, that um, uh, we're part of something vast and beautiful and scary, as Rilke says, you know, beauty and terror go together. So God is joy. Uh, that's another name for God. And joy is a sure sign that we've had a, a mystical experience. And so I just want to uh, support you there, too, that joy is so important. It's the, it's the test. And even in hard times, especially in hard times, we have to go deep enough that the joy, the roots of joy are still nurturing us so that we can face the darkness and the shadow and, and try to contribute to do something about it. You know, what you said really hit home because I didn't talk about bringing the light up from the earth and I do that too. And I want to talk about that and I want to know your feelings. Now, I really feel, Matthew, you're the perfect person to talk to this about. I feel like we've really lost the energy coming from the earth. Like you talk about your dog because we wear shoes now. Now, when we take our shoes off and we go outside and we stand on the earth, we feel that vibration coming up. And what I do in the morning is I'll visualize the connection to ground myself with Mother Earth. And then I bring up the light. They say, as above, so below. Mm -hmm. So I believe, and I want to know your thoughts on this. I believe there's light above and light below. Mm -hmm. So you bring it down and you bring it up because the energy also is coming up from the earth. What do you think? And they connect it that way. Well, of course. And of course, the, the earth is just a small ball whirling in the in the cosmos. Really, there isn't, you know, Buckminster Fuller, I heard him speak years ago, he said, anybody who's using the words up and down is out 500 years out of date. 
okay. in, a, in a round curved universe, there is no up and down. He said, airplane pilots don't radio to the control tower. Now I'm flying up and now I'm flying down. They, fly, they say, now I'm flying in and now I'm flying out. So we should think more in terms of in and out. And, uh, and then that, that puts things more in the context of, of how we envision the earth as round and the universe as round. Uh, there is a down, if you will, and there's an up. But, um, but this is where like praying the, the four directions, the seven directions is really valuable too, to bring in, like I like, I like to bring the angels from each of the, of the of four directions. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, then the sacredness of the earth, which is below, and the sacredness of the sky, which is above, Father Sky, Mother Earth, that's part of the masculine feminine thing that we're not balancing very well these days. And then, of course, it all comes together in the seventh place, which is the heart. And the heart is, is the center for all this energy. So, um, yeah, that's where, where, again, recovering that balance of masculine feminine is so important. Because Father Sky, I wrote a book on recovering the sacred masculine. And, uh, but it ends with the sacred marriage of the masculine and the feminine. But uh, one of the archetypes I provide 10, it, the first one is Father Sky. The, the modern age killed Father Sky. Why? We were told for 300 years the universe was a machine. And there's all dead parts out there. There's all dead parts. So men had to hunker down like this. And then these great wars started because men had to get in line and everything. But the point is now the whole sky is opened up. And uh, the universe is not a machine. It's nothing, like, it's nothing like a machine. The nearest thing to the universe is a zygote that has grown into a, a being that is still expanding and still growing. So that's a, a, the new um, symbol from, from science itself about where we are and who we are. So what an invitation for us to grow and for us to expand the heart and to honor Father Sky again whether we be male or female, and Mother Earth. Mother Earth got a bad rap, too. And look what we're doing to her, because we become, and you mentioned it in your description of your program here, we become so narcissistic as a species. And Pope Francis uses that word, and I give him credit for that. Really, it's all about us. I think, therefore, I am. Well, bully for you, Descartes, but that's bullshit. You are, because there were six, uh, 13.8 billion years of work on the part of nature and God to bring this peculiar species on this beautiful earth here. So shut up and learn something about your real origins, you know, and don't put the eye first because the eye first never survives. Well, and I just want to, and, and I agree with you on this. Um, we don't value life, Matthew. This is one of my big things that I'm on right now. I had a lady on my show. I'll tell you this before we go to commercial break. She was all about the ETs and she came on my show and she was talking all about the extraterrestrials. And she said, you know what? One thing that the extraterrestrials don't can't understand is why we don't take care of our own. And that really hit home with me because I thought, you know, that's why don't we take care of each other? Uh-huh. You know, it comes down to taking care of each other and being compassionate towards each other and kind and the love. Anyway, we got to go to commercial break, but that's, I wanted to mention that. Um, you guys are here today with Matthew Fox. His book is Essential Writings on Creation, Spirituality. This is Nancy Yerout. This is High Road to Humanity, and we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. 
Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me. And I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. Help me, TogiNet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at TogiNet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit. And we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout, and it's Tyra to Humanity. I'm here today with Matthew Fox. This is his book, if you're watching me on YouTube right now. It's Essential Writings on Creation and Spirituality. When did this come out, by the way, Matthew? Well, it just came out um, two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, it's a brand new book, you guys, and I'm sure it's doing very well. It's a collection of my writings, you know, it's, it's excerpts from my books over the years. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, you- series on modern spiritual masters put out by Orbis Books. Yeah. Matthew, if people want to get in touch with you, do you have a website or do you have an email that people can, can contact you? Um, there's a website, matthewfox.org, two T's. And, but every day I do daily meditations with Matthew Fox. So you can go to that website too, and they're free. 
And so just run all the words together, daily meditations with matthewfox.org. And you can catch me there too. Daily meditations. I'll put that on the YouTube, daily meditations with matthewfox.org. Okay. Hey, on the commercial break, or right before we went to commercial break, I was talking about um, how we just don't value human life. You know, we're so lucky. I'll just say this and then I'll let you talk. I just feel like we're so fortunate to be here and alive, experiencing. I mean, we are experiencing so much. We get to walk outside. We get to go swimming. We get to do whatever we want. We can sing. We can dance. We're so fortunate, and we don't even realize it. Yes, I, I sometimes define the mystic as uh, one who doesn't take for granted. You know, a lot of mystical meditation or practice is simply your breath, you know, listening to your breath, being with your breath. And notice, we can take breath for granted. You know, if you've been present for the birth of a child, that first breath is awesome. If you've been present when someone dies, that last breath is awesome. But in between the two, we can easily take it all for granted, which is kind of stupid. We go, we think everything else is more important, but actually I would say the bottom line is breath. And you know, the word breath is the same as the word for spirit not only in the Bible, but around the world, there are many African languages for which breath, spirit, and dance are the same basic words. But I'll tell you a story about me, my own journey, and taking for granted. When I was 12, I got polio, and I, I couldn't walk, and they didn't tell me if I'd, they couldn't tell me if I'd ever walk again. Well, after many months, um, almost a year, I was able to walk again. And I remember when I got my legs back, I said to the universe, I'll never take my legs for granted again. Now, that was a mystical statement. I didn't know the word mystical, but it is, you know, not to take anything for granted. As you say, and even the health of, the, of, the, of, the, uh, of nature and our, our sky and our soil and our air and, all, and our waters and all the other basics and the forests and the animals. You know, we just can't afford to take for granted. And I think that's where the sense of the sacred comes through. And we realize, wow, everything is sacred. Yeah, that's right. And so we can't take it for granted. And this is where we, where we have to become warriors. We have to become uh, spiritual warriors who defend these things for our children and the grandchildren to come, you know, because helping them to enjoy a beautiful and a healthy existence. And uh, that's so much of what mysticism is all about and what, and what joy is about, what compassion is about. You, you talked about compassion our last session. You brought it up. And to me, it's so significant that every spiritual tradition, the, the Dalai Lama says, we can do away with all religion, but we can't do away with compassion. Compassion is my religion. Those are his words. Well, Jesus says, be you compassionate as creator and have his compassion. So that's the essence of his religion or of his consciousness. And of course, um, <clears throat> Muhammad in the Quran, his most common adjective for Allah is Allah, the compassionate one. And so you can go on and on and realize, and now science is really on board because it's talking again about interdependence, how interdependence is the basic physics of our, of our world. Well, interdependence is what compassion is about. And Meister Eckhart said, whatever happens to another, whether it be a joy or a sorrow, happens to me. That's compassion. It's celebration and joy together, as well as uh, relieving one another's suffering and working for justice so there's less suffering in the world. <clears throat> so this word compassion that you bring up, I think, is real primary. And of course, that's what the heart chakra, the center chakra, 
is all about, you know, that, uh, that we're here to love one another and, um, and love ourselves and love all beings. And uh, that's the energy, as you talk about the vibration that, that is keeping the universe together. There's this beautiful, okay, Julian over my shoulder. My most recent book is on Julian. She had this, this experience and it's, it's in the cover of the painted in the cover of the book. One day, in the palm of her hand was a shining small ball, the size of a hazelnut. And she said, what is this? <clears throat> and she was told, it's everything that exists. It's the whole cosmos. And she said, but it's so fragile. How will it keep together? And the answer was, it's kept together by love. Now, that's your message. I think I have goosebumps now because I'm connecting you to a 14th century mystic, a 21st century mystic to a 14th century mystic, two good women trying to make a difference in the world. And you didn't have to wait 300 years for your, for your, for your podcast and YouTube to get going. You're still in the flesh. <laughs> Change the world. That's my goal. How funny, Matthew. Boy, you hit it right on the head. My path in this lifetime is to use my voice to help uplift humanity. Bring love. Bring compassion back. That's a blessed path. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I figure I work for God and that's why I'm here. And you too, boy, you've brought forth how many books and how much information, Matthew, and how many people you've taught to go within, you know, think about that. I mean, your accomplishments are great. Well, I, um, I do enjoy my work and uh, I, uh, I've been blessed to have so much work and uh, I've taken a few slams for it <laughs> that's okay wounds to show but i'm sure most people do uh, uh, jesus certainly did oh and yeah look what happened so, to him. there it kind of goes with the territory you know yeah you disturb the peace you disturb the peace yeah in 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 journeying to where you hope is a deeper and more effective peace what's next for you what's your next book <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I am working on, on a book on Jesus, actually. I've written two books on the cosmic Christ. Wow. But, um, and, of course, I bring Jesus in in my writings. But I have an angle on uh, looking at Jesus that I'm, I, I, and, and understanding his work and life that I think is special. And, um, and so I'm trying to take that particular angle and share that with people and let them play with it for a while, too, because I think it, it's another a wonderful way of kind of summarizing uh, Jesus' work and life. And, um, and it's useful. It's very practical, I think. Yeah. I'm going to ask you something unpractical. <laughs> but, hey, it's in Revelations. So do you, do you feel as we raise our vibration, I just want to get your take on this before we get out of here today. Do you feel that Jesus will, will we ascend and he descend? How is this going to happen? Will he come back? Well, my first book on the cosmic Christ is called the, uh, the um, I talk about the second coming, but the second coming is what happens within us, that we are other Christs. We are other Christ. And we have to start acting like it <laughs> and wake up to the responsibility of it, as well as the dignity of it. I think humanity has been in our adolescence for long enough. I really do. And I think this is what we've been in our adolescence. And this is what all these these crises are about. We are facing our extinction as a species, period. There's just no doubt about that. That's what climate change means. But also nuclear war means that too. 
And so we have to make a shift. And, uh, and that would be the second, the coming of the, the second coming of Christ. I like that. No, it's true. And I think, and I'll say this really quickly before we get out of here that, you know, sometimes it takes this big thing for people to wake up and realize what is truly important. And unfortunately, I think that's what it's going to take for everybody to, you know, wake up to the situation. True. But what you've been saying about the pandemic, you know, that got, that got a lot of people to think about values, about, for example, work. You know, so many people have dropped out of their particular job because they realize this is not honoring my dignity or my place in the world. It's not giving me something to serve others by, etc. So I think there ha- for a lot of people, and of course, it was terribly expensive. What, four million people around the world have died of this pandemic so far in um, in America, close to 1 million, right? Uh, if I have the numbers right. But the point is that all this loss, uh, you know, we want to try to find the meaning in the loss and to learn from it so that we are not, no, we're no longer taking for granted. We're no longer taking for granted our loved ones who are no longer at the table because they died of COVID, for example. And um, so all this, you know, kind of brings together our entire conversation, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it is that we're here. We have to wake up. Time is running out. You know, we're, we're, there's no guarantee that our species is going to, to flourish again. Uh, we have to work at that. It's the inner work. Now, Julian Norwich was like you. She was hopeful. She said at the end of her book, all things will be well. All manner of things will be well. But that's not Pollyannish. We, you know, she's not tiptoeing through the tulips. I think she's very realistic. She experienced a lot of suffering. We believe that she lost her child and her husband in the bubonic plague uh, before she had these visions uh, that uh, she shares with us. But um, I think all things will be well if humans live up to our our calling as humans, if humans can become human again, which is to say to pay attention to the heart, to put the heart first and, 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 and that includes joy, and that includes the work of healing and bringing balance back of the masculine and the feminine and of the Father Sky and Mother Earth and all those balances that have been off whack for long enough. Long time. Good information. Thanks, Matthew. I'm really glad you came on today. I hope you'll come back and see me again. Well, thank you. I love your program, and I love your energy. And good uh, Enjoyed our conversation. God bless. Hey, you guys, um, if you want to pick up his book, it's Essential Writings on Creation, Spirituality. If you want an angel reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com, and I'll be happy to spend some time with you. And I'm pulling angel cards on TikTok every day under High Road to Humanity and having a really fun time doing it. Thanks so much, Matthew. I hope you guys have a terrific week. We'll see you next time, and God bless. Hey, you guys, join me next week on The High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know that by staying on The High Road, you will make it to your destination. Visit my website, nancyyearout.com, where you can book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. And check out my YouTube channel. It's Nancy Yearout's High Road to Humanity. You can achieve your goal